we are with the fourth episode of the Percy Jackson Podcast, Season 2. The Sea of Monsters, Chapter Number 4. Tyson Plays with Fire. Okay, so let's begin. Mythologically speaking, if there is anything I hate worse than trios of old ladies, it's bulls. Last summer, I fought the Minotaur on top of Half-Blood Hill. This time, what I saw there was even worse. Two bulls, and not just regular bulls. Bronze ones the size of elephants, and even that wasn't bad enough. Naturally, they had to breathe fire too. As soon as we exited the taxi, the Grey Sisters peeled out, heading back to New York where life was safer. They didn't even wait for their extra three drachma payment. They just left us on the side of the road. Annabeth, with nothing but her backpack and knife, Tyson and me still in our burnt-up tie-dye gym clothes. Oh man, said Annabeth, looking at the battle raging on the hill. What worried me most weren't the bulls themselves or the ten heroes in full battle armor who were getting their bronze-plated booties whooped. What worried me was that the bulls were ranging all over the hill, even around the backside of the pine tree. That shouldn't have been possible. The camp magic boundaries didn't allow monsters to cross past Thalia's tree, but the metal bulls were doing it anyway. One of the heroes shouted, Border Patrol to me! A girl's voice, gruff and familiar. Border Patrol? I thought the camp didn't have a Border Patrol. It's Clarice, Annabeth said. Come on, we have to help her. Normally, rushing to Clarice's aid would not have been my high, high on my to-do list. She was one of the biggest bullies at camp. The first time we'd met, she tried to introduce my head to a toilet. She was also a daughter of Ares, and I had a very serious disagreement with her father last Chris, last summer. So now the god of war and all his children basically hated my guts. Still, she was in trouble. Her fellow warriors were scattering, running in panic as the bulls charged. The grass was burning in huge swaths around the pine tree. One hero screamed and waved his arms as he ran in circles. The horsehair plume on his helmet blazed like a fiery mohawk. Clarice's own armor was charred. She was fighting with a broken spear shaft, the other end embedded uselessly in the metal joint of one bull's shoulder. I uncapped my ballpoint pen. It shimmered, growing longer and heavier until I held the bronze sword and Aclismus in my hands. Tyson, stay here. I don't want you taking any more chances. No, Annabeth said. We need him. I stared at her. He's mortal. He got lucky with the dodgeballs, but he can't. Percy, do you know what those are up there? The Calchas Bulls, made by Hephaestus himself. We can't fight them without media sunscreen SPF for 50,000. We'll get burned to a crisp. Media's what? Annabeth rummaged through her backpack and cursed. I had a jar of tropical coconut scent sitting on my nightstand at home. Why didn't I bring it? I'd learned a long time ago not to question Annabeth too much. It just made me more confused. Look, I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm not going to let Tyson get fried. Percy, Tyson, stay back. I raised my sword. I'm going in. Tyson tried to protest, but I was already running up the hill towards Clarice, who was yelling at her patrol, trying to get them into phalanx formation. It was a good idea. The few who were listening lined up shoulder to shoulder, locking their shields to form an oxen-hide 
bronze war, the spears bristling over the top like porcupine quills. Unfortunately, Clarice could only muster six campers. The other four were still running around with their helmets on fire. Annabeth ran towards them trying to help. She taunted one of the bulls into chasing her, then turned invisible, completely confusing the monster. The other bull charged Clarice's line. I was halfway up the hill, not close enough to help. Clarice even hadn't seen me yet. The bull moved deadly fast for something so big. Its metal hide gleamed in the sun. It had the fist-sized rubies for eyes and horns of polished silver. When it opened its hinges mouth, a column of white-hot flame blasted out. Hold the line, Clarice ordered her warriors. Whatever else you could say about Clarice, she was brave. She was a big girl with cruel eyes like her father's. She looked like she was born to wear Greek battle armor, but I didn't see how even she could stand against that bull's charge. Unfortunately, at that moment, the other bull lost interest in finding Annabeth. It turned, wheeling around behind Clarice on her unprotected side. Behind you! I yelled, look out! I shouldn't have said anything because all I did was startle her. Bull number one crashed into her shield and the phalanx broke. Clarice went flying backwards and landed in a smoldering patch of grass. The bull charged past her, but not before blasting the other heroes with its fiery breath. The shields melted right off their arms. They dropped their weapons and ran as bull number two closed in on Clarice for the kill. I lunged forward and grabbed Clarice by the straps of her armor. I dragged her out of the way just as bull number two fright trained past. It gave a good swipe with Riptide and cut a huge gash in its flank, but the monster just creaked and groaned and kept on going. It hadn't touched me, but I could feel the heat of its metal skin. Its body temperature could have microwaved a frozen burrito. Let me go! Clarice pummeled my hand. Prissy, curse you! I dropped her in a heap next to the pine tree and turned to face the bulls. We were in the inside slope of the hill now, the valley of Camp Howler directly below us, the cabins, the training facilities, the big house, all of it at risk of these bulls got past us. Annabeth shouted orders to the other heroes, telling them to spread out and keep the bulls distracted. Bull number one ran a wide arc, making its way back towards me. As it passed the middle of the hill, where the invisible boundary line should have kept it out, it slowed down a little as if it was struggling against a strong wind, but then it broke through and kept coming. Bull number two turned to face me, fire spluttering from the gash I'd cut in its side. I couldn't tell if it felt any pain, but its ruby eyes seemed to glare at me like I'd just made things personal. I couldn't fight both bulls at the same time. I'd have to take down bull number two first, cut its head off before bull number one charged back into range. My arms already felt tired. I realized how long it had been since I walked out with her pride, how out of practice I was. I lunged, but bull number two blew flames at me. I rolled aside just as the air turned to pure heat. All the oxygen was sucked out of my lungs. My foot caught on something, a tree root maybe, and pain shot on my ankle. Still, I managed to slash with my sword and lop the part of the monster's snout. It galloped away wild and disoriented. But, before I could feel too good about that, I tried to stand and my left leg buckled underneath me. My ankle was sprained, maybe broken. Bull number one charged straight towards me. No way could I crawl out of its path. 
Annabeth shouted, Tyson, help him! Somewhere near towards the crest of the hill, Tyson wailed, Can't get through! I, Annabeth Chase, give you permission to enter camp. Thunder shook the hillside. Suddenly, Tyson was there, barreling towards me, yelling, Percy needs help! Before I could tell him no, he dived between me and the bull just as he unleashed a nuclear firestorm. Tyson! I yelled. The blast swirled around him like a red tornado. I could only see the black silhouettes of his body. I knew with horrible certainty that my friend had just been turned into a column of ashes. But then the fire died. Tyson was still standing there, completely unharmed. Not even his grungy clothes were scorched. The bull must have been just as surprised as I was because it before it could even unleash a second blast, Tyson balled his fist and slammed him into the bull's face. Bad cow! His fist made a crater where the bull's snout used to be. Two small columns of flame rose shot out of his ears. Tyson hit it again, and the bronze crumpled under his hands like aluminum foil. The, the bull's face now looked like a sock puppet pulled inside out. Down, Tyson yelled. The bull staggered and fell on his back. His legs moved feebly in the air, steam coming out of his ruined head in odd places. Annabeth ran over to check on me. My ankle felt like it was filled with acid, but she gave me some Olympian nectar to drink from her canteen, and I immediately started to feel better. There was a burning smell that I could later learn was me. The hair on my arms had been completely singed off. The other bull? I asked. Annabeth pointed down to the hill. Clarice had taken care of bad cow number two. She impaled it to the, to the back leg with a solicitor bronze spear. Now, with its snout half gone and a huge gash in its side, it was trying to run in slow motion, going in circles like some kind of merry-go-round animal. Clarice pulled off her helmet and marched towards us. A strand of her stringy brown hair was smoldering, but she didn't seem to notice. You ruined everything! She yelled at me. I had it under control! I was too stunned to move. Annabeth grumbled. Good to see you too, Clarice. Oh! Clarice screamed. Don't ever, ever try saving me again! Clarice, Annabeth said. You've got wounded campers. That sobered her up. Even Clarice cared about the soldiers under her command. I'll be back, she growled, then trudged off to assess the damage. I stared at Tyson. You didn't die. Tyson looked down like he was embarrassed. I'm sorry, came to help, disobeyed you. My fault, Annabeth said. I had no choice. I had to let Tyson cross the boundary line to save you. Otherwise, you would have died. Let him cross the boundary line, I asked. But, Percy, she said. Have you ever looked at Tyson closely? I mean in the face. Ignore the mist and really look at him. The mist makes humans see only what their brains can process. I knew it could fool demigods too, but I looked Tyson in the face. It wasn't easy. I'd always had trouble looking at him directly, though I never quite understood why. I thought it was just because I always had peanut butter, butter in his crooked teeth. I forced myself to focus at his Big, lumpy nose, and then a little higher at his eyes. No, not eyes. One eye. One large, half-brown eye right in the middle of his forehead with thick lashes and big 
tears trickling down his cheeks on either side. Tyson, you're a cyclops, Annabeth offered, a baby by the looks of him. Probably why he couldn't get past the boundary line just as easily as the bulls. Tyson's one of the homeless orphans. One of the what? They're in almost all the big cities, Annabeth said distastefully. They're mistakes, Percy. Children of nature, spirits and gods. Well, one god in particular usually. And they don't always come out right. No one wants them. They get tossed aside. They grow up wild on the streets. I don't know how this one found you, but she obviously likes you. We should take him to Chiron. Let him decide what to do. But the fire! How? He's a cyclops! Annabeth paused, as if she were remembering something unpleasant. Their work, the forges of the gods, they have to be immune to fire. That's what I was trying to tell you. I was completely shocked. How had I never realized what Tyson was? But I didn't have much time to think about it just then. The whole side of the hill was burning. Wounded heroes needed attention. And there were still two banged up bronze bulls to dispose of, of which I didn't figure would fit in our normal recycling bins. Clarice came back and wiped the suit off her forehead. Jackson, if you can stand, get up. We need to carry the wounded back to the big house. Let Tantalus know what's happened. Tantalus? I asked. The activities director, Clarice said impatiently. Chiron is the activities director and where's Argus? He's the head of security. He should be here. Clarice made a sour face. Argus got fired. You two have been gone too long. Things are changing. But Chiron, he's trained kids to fight monsters for over 3,000 years. He can't just be gone. What happened? That happened. Clarice snapped. She pointed to Thalia's tree. Every camper knew the story behind the tree. Six years ago, Grover, Annabeth, and two other demigods named Thalia and Luke had come to Camp Half-Blood chased by an army of monsters. When they got cornered on top of this tree, Thalia, daughter of Zeus, had made her last stand here to give her friends time to reach safety. As she was dying, her father Zeus took pity on her and changed her into a pine tree. Her spirit had reinforced the magic borders of the camp, protecting it from monsters. The pine had been here ever since, strong and healthy. But now, its needles were yellow. A huge pile of dead ones littered the base of the tree. In the center of the trunk, a meter from the ground, was a puncture mark the size of a bullet hole, oozing green sap. A sliver of ice ran through my chest. Now I understood why the camp was in danger. The magical borders were failing because Thalia's tree was dying. Someone had poisoned it. Ah, that's one of the stories, isn't it? Yeah, that's, this is what the whole book revolves around. They go on a quest to save Thalia's tree. And we get a hint about what the quest was, like the golden fleece, fleece we got from the summary of the book and now media, sunscreen, SPF 50,000. So yeah, we can pretty much be convinced that it's like the Jason and the Argonauts, that story. The quest to find the golden fleece. Yeah. But I guess everything's going to be alright. It has to be. So...
will meet next episode where Percy finds out how he is exactly related to Tyson and let me tell you he's not going to be happy about it thank you for listening